Uh, Did you get your wick mug somewhere? Is it the wick <laughs> mug? This is. I think this is my roommate's actually. You don't, you don't have much uh, concern about whose coffee cups you steal, do you? Not Who's, at all. I steal any coffee cup in front of me. Rotations is all about allowing interesting people the opportunity to share their opinions and ideas. Some listeners may find the opinions and content expressed disturbing and objectionable. Hello, everybody. It's Todd Fredericks, uh, Associate Professor of Family Medicine at The Ohio University Heritage College of Osteopathic Medicine. And um, this is a uh, long format uh, episode of Rotations. And we have the distinct pleasure today of, of speaking with the founder, one of the founders of Rotations, Nisarg Bakshi, who's now an OMS3, who is able to talk to us today as part of this ongoing thing where we figure out what it's like to be a medical student today. He's in his third year, and um, I, I have no other... Be- it's spring break here at OU, so I have nobody to help me. It's just me and the Sarg, which is kind of how it started, which is me and the Sarg. So it's really yep, awesome. It feels right. It, it, <laughs> it feels normal. So and uh, so with that, I'm going to introduce Nisarg Bakshi. Nisarg, tell everybody that you're here and, and say hi to them. Yeah. Hello, I'm excited to be here. This is uh, this is cool. I'm I'm glad to be on this side of the table now. It's a lot less stressful. I don't have like a list of questions in front of me or like that big clock <laughs> we used to have. So it's well, nice. since you brought that up, um, I have some ideas because I have so I, ha- I don't have any real hosts that show up regularly with me anymore. So I have this idea that I'm just going to track you down throughout your residency, and we're going to find people, and we're going to come to you and just do field interviews and get this thing back it. on track. Would that be cool? Yes, I have a rig yeah. that I think I we miss can... it. This is, it was a lot of fun. To well, like let's we'll just work on it because we, we might yeah. as well. And and then one day you'll decide the life is better as an academic. And you'll come back to OU and you'll just take this all over, and I'll go retire. Okay, so so the way this is going to work is uh, we're going to do this in three segments. Um, in fact, right now I am going to reset this clock, which uh, Laura likes it if I do it because she really likes me to be on time. And we're going to do it in twenty-five minute sec- segments. And this argument is all about this. And then I'm going to oh, break. Yeah. Yep, and. And then we're going to go. So, Nisarg. So, one, one quick announcement, though, before we oh, get started. Oh, are you getting married? Um, I thought, huh? Are you getting married? No. Did no, you get a dog? <laughs> did you get... I, I got a cat, actually. Um, but I did not get I wish I got a dog. Unfortunately, I don't have the time. The announcement, though, was, I don't know if you saw this, but we got an email. And I just thought this was kind of funny. Uh, Rotations is now charting on Apple. But we are only, we're charting at number 386. So What does know, that even mean? It means so you know the rankings that yeah. when you like go on iTunes and you yeah. can see like number one, number two. We're number three hundred and eighty six. Of the science podcast? So of the science and medicine podcast. Did for so a, you know, we're on the list. For <laughs> a low budget not yeah. and, and and not only that, but but not we haven't been well, they've been injecting episodes, but really, I mean for how we do this, that's that's kinda cool. It's pretty cool. We hit ten thousand listens, I think uh ten thousand? You've been still watching oh dude, I am getting the field rig and I'm coming where are you gonna be? Next year. In Cincinnati? All over the place. All over the place. No, where are you going to be? We, in Ohio, gonna, right? Yeah, 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 for sure. I Did, mean, for most of them, because I think eight weeks will be out of state. But besides that, I'll be in Ohio. So legit serious, I'm going to be at a field rig, and you're going to find these people for me like you always did. And I'm going to drive <laughs> over to you. We'll set the field rig up in a quiet place. We'll do the interview there. I'm, I'm going to just down. do it. Why wouldn't yeah, we? I'm in. Dude, we're going to get up to like uh, 302 <laughs> yes, I want to get to the, I want to get to the two hundreds. That's my goal before graduating. <laughs> what about after graduating? Where's your residency going to be? MD Anderson, right? I mean, you're going to clear it out of Texas or something. 
I don't know, really. And that's what I've been starting to think about. I like Chicago. You know, I like the city. Um, and it's close enough to it's home. It's horrible. The driving is awful. You can't think of a better city? <laughs> I like I like the big city feel. You know, there's public transport. So, yeah, the driving sucks. But hopefully I can, you know, that's true. find a, a decent place downtown. Um, the winters are hard. That's the only thing They're that's really kind of holding me back from that. But, Why don't you go to Vanderbilt? You know. Why don't you go to Vanderbilt? <laughs> Uh, well, first of all, Vanderbilt has to accept me. <laughs> well, no, they, they're going to accept you because we're all going to write you great letters of recommendation. Okay, so we're going to get to this. Yeah, because yeah, because yeah, we're, we're, we're riffing, derailed. and as you can tell, Nasarg and I have a unique relationship, and I just think the world of him because he's a great kid and he's really innovative, and uh, I just can't <laughs> sing his praises enough. And I really enjoy him as a student because he's just a wonderful, pleasant person who brings very strange pastries home from India to feed to me. <laughs> uh, so, Nassar, tell us about the last part of second year. So people, obviously, this is a, a big year for DOs in the next year or two. It's a scary year because of match, because of ACGME, of course, of boards, all this stuff. So tell me about the last part of second year. Talk about the boards, Complex One, and making that mental transition from classroom to clinical training. Okay. Um, so here's what I'll say about – so I took Comlex 1 and USMLE Step 1. Um, so I'll kind of say say that to begin with, only because with the merger, it was really unclear to see, you know, whether programs would put equal weight on both tests, um, especially traditionally MD programs. You know, would they look at Comlex the same way they look at USMLE? So I didn't know, uh, and I took both. So I would say starting in about probably the end of February, beginning of March is when I really hit the, hit the ground running with studying. And it was it was hard. Um, you know, people talk about that being the worst part of medical school. And I would, I would definitely agree. I mean, it's, it's just hours and hours of studying and it kind of feels a lot like, you know, you're, you're taking these small little sips of water from like this ocean of things that you need to know. Um, so it's, it's stressful. You know, I would say that that was probably the, the toughest, you know, really glad that I had all the friends that I had in medical school to kind of go through it. We would take breaks and go get ice cream or go watch a movie or, you know, go play basketball or go do something to kind of step away from it. Um, you know, having obviously family two, three hours away was nice because sometimes I would, you know, Athens itself is very small. So it would just kind of, it would be almost feel a little stifling when you're studying in all the same places. So then I, I get, you know, go home for a weekend and kind of reset there, but it's hard. I mean, and I, I have some people in the class below me that are kind of going through that process now, you know, we're recording this in, in the middle of March. So I've been talking to them and they're kind of starting to get into it. And that's kind of the worst, I think, is when you start to see how much you have to do towards the end of it i'd say like probably mid-june because i took my complex in usmle at the end of june and beginning of july that's when you're kind of like all right like i can do this like let's just get this over with i'm ready i can get this done and then afterwards it's the best feeling in the world <laughs> i mean honestly walking out of that exam you know i was like i was a little numb i was still thinking about the things i didn't know i was like man you know like you kind of remember things as you walk out like oh that was obviously this I was like, but once you kind of get over that initial shock of it it's it's so nice like getting home and just like throwing away a bunch of my notes and like not you know deleting you world from my phone and it, it's just it's a good feeling um but it, i mean it, it's hard like overall i would say the board studying process is not something to underestimate at all I, you know it's a it's a beast but kind of the second part of that question going into the clinical setting i will say this year has been a blast every single Every single day, I feel like I've learned something. I've gotten to do stuff. I've gotten to get involved in patient care, kind of how I wanted to when I got into medicine. And that, that to me is so valuable. Like, you know, so going in the classroom every day, you learn about these things and 
you know, we were talking before about like, let's just say psych. So like clozapine, like we learn about the mechanism of clozapine. You learn about, okay, it can cause, you know, all these different metabolic syndrome and bone marrow suppression. And you look for those little buzzwords and the questions, but it doesn't really mean much until you, you go on your psych rotation and you see somebody who's manic and you see somebody who's delusional and you see somebody who needs that medication and they get it and you, you see it work. That's, that to me is much more memorable than, than learning it in the exam. And, and that's obviously what, you know, what we want to do as physicians. So like, I guess the transition from the classroom to clinical, you need the classroom for sure, because you need that foundation. But now this year, I've, I've really started to feel like, okay, like I'm, I'm learning how to become a physician. I'm learning how to talk to patients. I'm learning what it's like to have treatments work and have treatments not work, you know, or, or be absolutely certain about a diagnosis and have it be completely wrong and then have to kind of go back to the drawing board. So that's kind of a long winded answer, but there was a lot kind of to unpack there. So kind of in summary, like the, the board study process is really, really difficult. Um, and I would strongly advise it not to underestimate it, you know, start early, hit it hard, know that it will, it gets so much better. And that's, that's the big thing. That's what everybody would tell me. It's like how, like, I really hope so. Cause this sucks. Uh, but it really does. Like every every single day of third year, you get to experience something in medicine that you kind of wanted to from the beginning. And you kind of were teased with it the first two years. Like, oh, you know, here's the information. But then now that getting to see it and getting involved, it's, it's, it's a great experience. Um, and this has been the most fun year of my education by a significant margin. I mean, you just – the amount that you get to see and do in the hospital is, is awesome. So, so no, Sorry, so, long-winded answer. No, but, it's okay. We'll get to that. And it's all good, and that's that's the encouraging part, right? I mean, that people need to know that there is light at the end of the tunnel, so to speak. So, so if exactly. you could if you could sum it up, Nasar, what was the hardest part about that board prep? The thing that you really didn't under, you underestimated in terms of, I should have, I, I really this is the hardest thing. The hardest part. I mean, it's a lot of pressure, and I think that's what that's what it really you know you hear that you know if you want to match we were talking earlier um about derm like if you want to match derm you need this score if you want to match surgery you need this score if you want to match and so just knowing that like okay this board score isn't just about passing and being a licensed physician it's about getting the best score i can to have as many opportunities available to me that that amount of pressure every time that you study is a lot and so like you know if i'm you know like two weeks out from the test i'm doing practice questions and i get like you know, I have one bad set where it's like, okay, I only got 50% of these right or 60% of these right. You're like, oh man, there goes my dreams of, you know, whatever. And it's not, obviously it's not all dependent on board score, but that is a big part of it. So sure. I think just dealing with that pressure and, and kind of accepting it and just like taking it on as a challenge rather than kind of looking at it like, you know, look, look getting crushed by it. Uh, I think that was, that's the big thing is, and, and as you study more and more and as you become more confident, um, it does get easier to deal with that. But that, I think that's the big thing is like just, just learning how to deal with that pressure. So how was the test itself actually going in? Did you do it at a test bank or did you do it in a group or what, how'd you do it? Or a test center, yes. I should say. What did you, how, how, yeah. Yeah. It was at a, it was at a prometric test center. And I don't, I don't know how all of them in the country work. I know all of them around where I was, it was all like a prometric testing center. Um, I will say the, the test itself, it's almost like it's almost underwhelming after you study for months and months and you go in for a day and you're, you know, you have that little locker. I put a, you know, fruit granola bars in there. I had like a coffee, you know, I drank a Red Bull that morning. <laughs> like I had the rest of that. Like you just go in, you take, you know, they fingerprint you and then they like do the metal detector on you to make sure you don't have anything in your pockets. And you just go in and you take your test on a computer. And 
it's it to me it felt no different because you know the, the last few weeks of studying you're studying all day right like i would you know wake up i would study i would take a break to work out and then i'd go back to studying so it kind of felt just like that where you just go in you do a bunch of questions you have a break for lunch i think they give you 10 minutes maybe and then you just go back in you do a bunch more questions then you walk out um it was anticlimactic long yeah but then afterwards i was like well you know that was rough like it's a it's a long day but they've all been long days and like at the end of the day like it's over like that 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 to me it was the test itself was anticlimactic but afterwards it's just where did man, you, the where was the release. center you went to where was it in relationship to where you're at right now because my, my next question yeah. is where's your site so you could you but we'll answer both questions so where did okay. you where where are you, okay where is your site and where was the test center sure so um well so to so I'm from Mason, which is kind of Cincinnati area, and there is a uh, testing center in Blue Ash, which is about 15 minutes from me. So that was my testing site. Um, and currently, my clinical site is in Dayton, um, Dayton, Ohio, so about 45 minutes north of Mason. Um, so that's where I'm at this are, year. So are you living with your folks right now? No, I, I actually, it would have been about a uh, 45-minute to an hour commute. So I actually, uh, my friend and I, my classmate, got an apartment in Dayton. Better. Better, much better. Just simple. Less, less good Indian food, uh, I will say. <laughs> Dayton is Dayton not known for its its Indian cuisine. Um, you know, there's there's a surprising amount of decent restaurants around here. I will, not as good as Cincinnati, unfortunately, uh, but it's it's solid. I just mean my mom isn't around to cook me food. <laughs> oh, that's right. As a 25 year old, these are the things that I really want. So, as a 25 year old, <laughs> your mother isn't around to cook you meals. <laughs> What? There's something wrong. Do, do you plan on living with your folks the rest of your life? Who's going to no, cook your meals, Nasarg? <laughs> I've gotten better. I know it you makes know, your sorry. mom feel good. But, but, <laughs> yeah. I'm sure you know, your dad's I, thinking, I, will he the, grow up and leave home? <laughs> the, almost the problem is, you know, my mom loves to cook and like, especially cooking for people. Like, she, she loves that. And so anytime I go home, she just cooks me like these buckets of food and it's awesome. Uh, so I don't know. I don't really have any motivation to start cooking yet. Maybe when I finally, you know, leave Ohio or like leave this area, uh, I'll find, I'll like actually learn how to cook good food. But for the most part, I'm, I'm sticking to the basics. <laughs> well, it's, it's a curious thing that I've watched this, right? That I'm, I'm curious what the Indian population, Indian immigrant population is in the, in the greater Cincinnati area. I think that Indian, I think Indian immigrants generally trend toward urban areas. So I, 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 I'm assuming that it's probably a more, more familiar place for most Indian immigrants, but it's amazing how that, how that immigration path has occurred. I mean, I was just watching SpaceX launch Crew Dragon last week, right? And the number of engineers we have that are, that have Indian surnames, right? Either they're second generation or third generation Indians or direct immigrants, it's pretty substantial the impact, especially in STEM, of, yeah, of yeah. Indian immigration to the United States. You know, it's big. So imagine it, in Cincinnati, you could probably can find some pretty good food. Oh, the Indian food scene in Cincinnati is excellent. Yeah. Oh yeah. Do you? Do My you... favorite Indian restaurant in the world is in Cincinnati. <laughs> What's it called? It's called Adeep, A-D-E-E-P. I've done so much marketing for them. I feel like I need to get like kickbacks or something at this point because I've told everybody, and it's so good. Well, everybody that goes to it ends up Yeah, because know, when I come well. over, because you mentioned Adeep on rotations, you just show them the, the, the data analytics and say, you need to pay for Frederick's meals. 
So yeah, he's going to come uh, over and, and eat. And mine. <laughs> and yours. Actually, well, you'll be secondary. But the thing is, is, is I, you've been begging. I've been, I told you I will try Indian food sometime. I'm terrified of it, but I'll try it just sometime. I'll come to a deep if that's the best one. I'm sure your mom's come is great. My mom's food is also very good. It's, it's a difference. You know, authentic Indian food is its own flavor. And then restaurant style Americanized Indian food is its own thing. Is yeah. it deep authentic or is it Americanized? It's Americanized. <laughs> so I have to come to your mom's house to actually eat real Indian food. Yes. Okay. Yeah, well, we'll 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 settle that later. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Nis- okay, Nisarg. So, we, so you're going to leave. This is a big. And this is a big thing for a second year because you've spent two years really getting hammered mentally at one place, and then suddenly you have to move and you have to change. I'm sure. I remember it's been a long time ago, so I can't translate it because it's been so long. It's your experience, but just that whole process of mentally preparing to go to someplace completely new. Well, what was like that? How did you plan on going to Dayton? I mean, why did you go to Dayton? You know, what, what was sure. it like making that transition for you? Yeah, so my main, um, th- like, the reason I wanted to come to uh, Dayton was because it was close to home. Um, and I have, a, I have a lot of my undergrad friends at Cincinnati as well, so it was nice to kind of have that community uh, readily accessible, closer than Athens. And the Grandview Hospital, which is where I'm at, is excellent. I mean, the training there is awesome. I'm not... I don't, you know, I'm not saying anything about any of the other sites at yes, all because everybody has great experiences. But yeah, yes, you are. It is, it is really nice, I will say, to have a central hospital uh, where most of the rotations are based out of um, because you start to see familiar faces, you know. Uh, you get, you know, you're on IM for a month and you get to know the residents that are on that service and then you go on surgery and then, you know, one of those interns is there for a week. So it's like I can, latch, I can like talk to them and have someone that, you know, I can be like, hey, man, like, do you see, the, you know, the... Bengals game last week. I don't like, you know, just have like a conversation with somebody, be friendly with someone. And then that sort of translates to like, you know, months later in the dining hall, you see a surgery resident that you, you were on service with and just like seeing the same faces and then the attendings get to know who you are as well. Um, and so if you ever have questions on a case, you know, I was on Hemonk a few weeks ago and one of the attendings I was on, I am with was also on that case. So, you know, they were in the room examining the patient. I walked in and, you know, I got kind of got to talk to him about a case and that was pretty cool. Like, you kind of start to feel like you're part of that hospital community, um, which is nice, you know. And, and I mean, overall, like the faculty is excellent, and everybody there loves to teach. Um, so it's been a great experience at Grandview for sure. Well, I would just say, sorry, Grandview's got a, had a reputation that was good since before I did rotations, right? So I mean, Grandview's always been one of the one of the strong hospitals. I shouldn't say stronger because that sounds relative. And again, we don't want to make anybody feel bad because feelings are important. <laughs> Um, but just, no, Grandview has had, always had a really good reputation. And it is a good hospital, and I think it's um, I think exactly what you've described. I've never heard anything other than that. There was a period, I want to say 10 or 15 years ago, where maybe things were not, I didn't hear them as often. But, mm. but uniformly, if I look at the whole gestalt of the thing, Grandview's been a pretty strong center for training for us for a long, long, long time. Yeah. It has a lot of connections with OU, too. And I think that's nice. Yeah. You know, a lot of the faculty are OU grads, uh, and a lot of the residents are OU grads. So it's just like, you know, you have that kind of initial connection right there. Is you can talk about Athens. You can talk about people at OU. You can talk about, you know, I will, I'll, I'll give a shout-out to Dr. Accordingly because I feel like uh, everybody knows who he is because he's been around forever yeah. uh, teaching the neuro block. So, like, that's just somebody that, you know, they'll be like, oh, is Dr. Accordingly still teaching neuro? And I'm like, yeah. You know, As a matter of fact, here. next week he is teaching neuro. And I, I, I got out of being in his class. <laughs> He's awesome. 
<laughs> Gary is a is a phenomenon. He is. He's a great guy. I really like him as a colleague, and he's he is chill. He's easy to talk yep. to. Well, that's so that's cool. So Nasarg, though, well, I was just going to make a, a an offhanded comment about Miami because we all know the relationship with between OU and Miami. All those Miami grads figure out where the real medical school is, I guess, and then come over here and then decide to go home to their families. Good thing that they have uh, some common sense. I can't say that they did for their undergraduate school, but at least when they went to medical school, they decided to come to the real medical school. Um, okay, so that's cool. So, you, so, but did you know much about Dayton when you went, or was it just? Is there? There's not a site in Cincinnati. You, that was the closest one, no. right? Yeah, that was the closest one. Uh, I had driven through Dayton, but never really. Most never people really just want to drive through Dayton, don't they? Yeah, <laughs> I mean, you know, it's a it's a nice little city. Um, I wouldn't. It's not like a place to visit, you know. I would, I wouldn't say you know people take vacations here or anything, but it's nice. It's got everything you need. Big Small. military presence, you know. They've got the aviation yep. like kind of historical pathway. You can go see the right. It's literally right there. The, the base is right across the street from me. So is it? Where I you see look? like these weird planes going in all oh, the yeah. time, and my Google Maps doesn't work because I'm pretty sure there's aliens there or something. There are. Who knows? <laughs> no, there are. And they have four okay. golf. They have they have three two golf courses, right? Which are really nice. And I figured out last time I played the one of the courses at Dayton that Air Force officers are horrible golfers compared to Army golfers because I found a lot of lost <laughs> balls. I really did, which was nice. I I I, I stocked up. So so that's so that's good. So Nasark, now we have this deal. It, did, did you guys have a rotate a site lottery here? Yeah, but yeah. you, you had a, a wish list, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. And Dayton was it's number one. Sense. So for me, Dayton was one. Yeah. So you you rank all the sites, and then you submit it to to this magic algorithm computer thing, and it kind of takes everybody's data and churns out you know the best possible situation for everybody to get like on average the highest ranking. So it's a lot of luck, honestly. I was I was pretty I was pretty uh, happy when I saw that I got Grandview uh, because it's you know it is luck of the draw to an extent. Well, it's also important, I think, for you too. All medical students, I, there's a the Clevelanders are like this too. A lot of Clevelanders want to go back up there, and I understand. I mean, we talk about resilience and just it's important that you maintain your social contacts with your family and your friends because medical school is hard, and you need the opportunity to be able to connect with people and realize you're a human being too. So I'm glad you're close to your family. That's a that's a good thing. How, what was your first rotation when you got there, and when did it happen? Uh, so. Well, so the timeline was I took my so I took USMLE after Comlex and I took that on July fifth, and our orientation started on the sixteenth. So I basically had about a couple of days to relax, and then I moved into my new place. Um, and then orientation for us was in Columbus, so I spent the week, well, not a week, maybe three four days there, and then I started general surgery, um, which as anyone that's been through a surgery rotation can attest to, it's it's intense. You know, it's it's a lot of lot of hours. Um, getting up early in the mornings, staying late, standing in the OR for, for, you know, these six, seven hour cases. And, you know, you're scrubbed in, this is coming from somebody that's, I'd never scrubbed into a procedure before. So I had, I was starting at complete, you know, at, at starting at knowing nothing. Um, and I basically had a couple and it, you know, Grandview is a pretty big surgical center. And so that, you know, we have orthopedics, we have neurosurgery, we have ENT, we have all these, you know, obviously general, um, surgical oncology, and so we had all these cases going on and, and they're really cool. Like all the residents are, are cool in that you can scrub into procedures that are not on the service that you're on. If you're interested, you know, cause this is a third year. I wasn't one of the fourth years that was trying to get into general surgery. I was just there to learn. So, you know, we had one day uh, where one of the cardiothoracic surgeons was doing a cabbage and that day, I, I forget which service I was on, but I was done at about noon 
and that procedure had started or was starting at nine. So they're like, you know what, just go ahead and scrub into the cabbage. And so I was there and I got to scrub in. I was like holding a human heart, uh, which is really, really cool. But the procedure was like seven hours long. <laughs> so oh, yeah. you're just standing there. And I mean, it's it's a marathon. And the, the surgeon was so nice. And, you know, he was kind of walking me through the procedure and kind of asking me questions throughout. But, you know, nothing to, nothing to grill anyone on, just kind of, you know, keeping me uh, engaged and making sure I learned. And it was, that was one of the cooler experiences I've had, but yeah, going back to the, the question. Yeah. Uh, surgery was my first rotation. It was, I assume it was you passed your, your, your exam. I'm sorry. I'm sure. I'm I, I, I assume you passed your exam. I did pass my exam. Yeah. <laughs> thankfully. Yeah. What do you think about all those little tiny sutures they use? Like wor- working I, on I, microscopes I, for seven hours, getting varicose veins, your back is going out. You have a lot of respect for cardiothoracic surgeons. Their yeah. life is rough. That, that was vascular too. They use the little eightos, which you can't see without the the uh, the special the loops, the loops. Yeah, yeah. Isn't that amazing? Suture so fine you can't even see it. Yeah. So they're they're just like moving their hands, and you're standing behind trying to like what, like what what's going on? <laughs> <laughs> it's like magic. It's like the yeah. it's like that little thing that floats along when you're a kid. That little magic trick that it's actually this <laughs> tiny tiny thread that's floating it. Yeah, I know. And, and, and again, seven, eight hours of standing, they all have varicose veins by the time they're 50. The, the, the cardiothoracic <laughs> surgery is a really rough specialty, man. I, the, you it's have intense. to, oh my gosh, you just have to be dedicated on a whole different plane to do that kind of work. Yeah. yeah. I, I think even the neurosurgeons have an easier life. I do. You know, they have someone playing a guitar while they're cutting through their brain, you know? I mean, at least they can, they, they like, to, they, their patients are awake and they're chatting with them while they're digging around in the gray jello. But I mean, those guys, the cardiothoracic guys, sewing with suit you can't see. And yeah, that's cool. So, so what, yeah. what rotation are you on now? I'm on ER right now. Um, so, which is why, you know, today's a Thursday. I have it. ER scheduling is a little bit off, you know, like we were talking about before. Uh, you kind of decide your own shifts. So, like, my weekend is going to be this Thursday and Friday. Uh, but yeah, I'm on I'm on ER. It's it's pretty crazy. <laughs> so this is a question. So everybody is enamored and in love with emergency medicine. Which, as a recovering emergency medicine guy, I'm not. And I I, I just and because this will not air until after your rotation. Do you want to be an ER doctor? <laughs> you know, it's almost converted me. I have to say. Really? I don't, I don't think I have the necessarily the er docs are very um like they're very like active kind of adrenaline seeking almost kind of people to me like they, they just oh, yeah. are, are they're the kind of people that you you can't they don't sit down for like longer than five minutes you know they're constantly up and moving they love to be doing stuff the procedures are are, are constant in the er um <laughs> one of the, the residents told me he's like it's almost a requirement to have adhd to go into em and that's I think there's some truth to that. <laughs> no, I think it's an accurate observation. That's actually true, which is probably why, well, probably why I did it so long because I like lots of different things. But it does. You do that for 15 years, and you realize the marathon takes its toll. That's one thing I worry about with ER folks is they don't understand they will burn out. You 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 can't just keep going that like at that pace. Very few people do that, and they they need to have some backup plan because it's intense, as you know. It's either 95 percent, 100 percent. Or it's like 5%, you're at 100%, or 95%, you're kind of bored and wondering what I'm going to do next. It's just in stop, start all the time and no predictability at all. There's no predictability to it at all. Yeah. No, crazy crazy things always seem to happen like at the extremes of shifts. Like, that's what I've noticed. Like, you know, I get there and there's like a code going on like right as I walk in and then you just sit there for like three hours. And then, you know, I'm supposed to leave at midnight and 11.55. This just happened two nights ago. 
11.55, like a completely manic person comes in, you know, brought in by the cops, had to be held down. You know, I'm the one that like actually injected ketamine into his thigh. Like, Isn't that you know, a lovely like, drug? Just... Sorry? Isn't that a lovely drug? ER docs love it. Oh, yeah. Vitamin K. <laughs> job done. And see, this is a great point. I'm glad you brought up ketamine because here you've heard about ketamine as a second year. Now you get to see what ketamine really does. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Are you in love with ketamine? It's, uh, it's magic. It but, is magic, yeah, like, isn't it? So like I mean it's it's a great rotation overall. Um, I don't I guess I can't see myself doing it only because I don't think it's kind of like you said you're you're it's it's a marathon you know you're exhausted by the time that you're done with the shift and you kind of go home you get to recover for a little bit and then you're like right back in there you know so it's kind of nice to have some time off in between but it, it definitely wears on you. Okay, Nassar, we're gonna we're gonna break it into a second segment. Are you ready? Yeah, I'm gonna grab some more coffee. You'll grab some coffee. Okay, folks, uh, that's a nice way to end the first segment of this uh, discussion with, with what it's like to be an, uh, a third-year medical student with Nisarg Bakshi, OMS3, who is at Dayton at Grandview Hospital, a great hospital within the um, number of great hospitals we have out of the Ohio University Heritage College of Osteopathic Medicine. We will catch you on the second segment, and it will be coming up hopefully within a week or two. Take care. Rotations is the weekly podcast of all things medicine and science and is part of the media medicine family of medical storytelling. The opinions and comments expressed on Rotations do not reflect the official or unofficial positions of Ohio University, the Ohio University Heritage College of Osteopathic Medicine, or the Scripps College of Communication. The guests on Rotations are interviewed in an unopposed fashion so their ideas and opinions can be freely expressed. This episode of Rotations was produced by Todd Fredericks and hosted by Todd Fredericks. Rotations is co-hosted by a league of champions of all things medical and a few people we pull off the street. Rotations is copyrighted, and while we welcome citations, tweets, Facebook likes, and other endorsements by word of mouth and social media, we reserve the right to all content. You may use Rotations content under the provisions of Creative Commons and cannot alter or edit the content in any manner without express permission of the content creators, and you must cite Rotations as the source of any content derived from the podcast. We welcome any comments, and you can contact us by emailing us at rotationspodcast at gmail.com, tweeting us at rotationspcast, or by visiting mediaandmedicine.com slash rotations. Check us out on Facebook at Media and Medicine.